Welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanar, Mr. Rob, and Zane. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Going on. How's your week going? Week is all right. It's good. Finally got myself a lawnmower. Yeah. The leaf blower. So I'm officially a homeowner now. (laughs) Well, you know what that means? That means your wife is going to expect the the, uh, lawn to be mowed regularly and no leaves on that lawn. I don't mind it because in my mind, I'm in Field of Dreams. I'm out there creating my own baseball field. So that back is cracking. (laughs) 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 Raining down here, man. Raining down here. So I just want to see some more sunshine. And for the most part, man, uh, Happy Mother's Day weekend to all the mothers out there. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Good job. Big shout out to y'all. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Without the moms, there'd be no us. There'd be no us, man. Shout out to all you wonderful mothers, single mothers, aunts, aunts, grandmas, all of y'all, man. All the old earths. God bless you all. For real, for real. Yo, and then the other thing I want to say is I know people have been following along with the um the story of the um, Dipset rapper 40 Cal's daughter being missing. So we just want to offer prayer to um to 40 Cal and his family and right. just say, you know, his his information is right there on the screen. That's his, his Instagram. It's 40 Cal. If you have any information in regards to um his daughter, you can contact him at um it's 40 cal on instagram and i think the family's offering a ten thousand dollar reward as well so our prayers go out to 40 cal and his family during this time get out to you 40. yeah so we i think we gotta um we kind of the way the show works we go in, in in waves i don't know if you guys picked up on it but there's themes like there'll be a couple of weeks we're really heavy in rappers and we're talking about rap and old school rap we had like a theme of a week where it was like almost like queensbridge oriented you know we had a whole bunch of qb representatives and then now i feel like we're kind of swinging back around into like that that tech industry and talking to folks that are into app development which is exciting to me you know um so this particular interview you know i'm, I'm really excited about i think it's going to be interesting i think we're going to learn a lot from our guests so i want to welcome in by Enjoy to the program. And again, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Did I pronounce it correctly? Yeah, you got it. That was good. Oh, <laughs> Welcome, man. Thank you for joining us this evening. I appreciate you guys having me. Anytime. anytime. So, um, CEO, founder, I don't know if a developer of the app Legal Equalizer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to develop. I don't know how to code. So, as a CEO and founder. <laughs> I let the code of somebody else. But those are your ideas, though, that found themselves. So give right, yourself right. a credit, brother. So apps like this are timely, and I think that um, given everything that we have going on by way of the social climate, it lends to um, to, to just having an app like this. I'm just wondering, like, what was your inspiration behind creating the Legal Equalizer app? Um, so this idea has been seven years in the making. So I started it in 2014. Uh, 2014 was the year where we saw Eric Garner, you know, on film. Then we saw Mike Brown get killed a few months later. Um, And, you know, a few months later, we had 12-year-old Tamir Rice get shot. And so for me, during that time, um, I grew up in Macon, Georgia. I went to a central high school in Macon, Georgia. And, you know, if you know Macon, predominantly black town, 
Uh, my high school predominantly black. Then I went to college in North Carolina at Davidson College, where Steph Curry went to play ball. Mm-hmm. You know, about yeah. 90% white, the exact opposite. Right. So after Mike Brown during Ferguson, I'm looking at my Facebook, and the black folks I went to high school with are like, what the police officer do to Mike Brown? Like, he must have, you know, pissed him off somehow. And the right. white folks, Davidson, are like, what did Mike Brown do to piss out the police officer? And I'm sitting here like, how come nobody had a camera? I was like, nobody had a camera? Because for me, I had a theory as to what happened from somebody that's seen that interactions like that probably a thousand times. I was like, Mike Brown probably walked across the street, officer said something, Mike Brown turned around, said something back to him, officer got an attitude, got his feelings, and it went from there. I've seen that happen a million times. If you've been anywhere with black folks that you grow up with, that like you've seen those interactions where it just leads from one word. All I knew was a camera. So um, fast forward three months later, that December, December 2014, I, I was working in Allstate at that time. I was selling insurance. And I was heading to work. It was a Tuesday morning. I was say December 12th. It was Tuesday morning, and I was heading up to work, um, and I'm living in Atlanta. And so I got on the highway, and it was about 845, and the cop gets behind me. No worries. And, well, here's the beginning for that, for this incident that got me really pissed off. I've been pulled over three t- I got pulled over three times in a week and a half. So, so this was the third time. So before that, the first time I got pulled up, I was in my own neighborhood. Officer came and stopped me and literally asked me where I was going, what I was doing. He didn't tell me why he even stopped me. He got my license. He was like, oh, you live here? I'm like, yes, I actually do live here. And I just smiled. Like, okay, you're free to go. Next time I got stopped, it's the only time I've, I've told this story. It's the only time a judge has ever apologized to me in court. I actually got a ticket the second time. And this was about four days later after the first one. And this time I got stopped for being at a stop sign for three seconds and not five seconds. And so when we got to court, the judge literally was like, he asked the officer, he was like, did you have a clock stopwatch on him? He was like, how'd you know three seconds? And so the judge was like, I'm sorry we wasted your time for this and you, you're free to go. And so that morning when I got pulled over, the officer follows me and anybody that's been pulled over, you know when the officer's getting ready to pull you over, if you switch lanes and they pull up behind you, and so I had my seatbelt on. I knew my insurance was good. Nothing was wrong with the vehicle. So he finally, after following me for about a mile and a half, two miles, he finally put the sirens on. And so he comes up, and I was like, why'd you stop me? I was like, I know I have everything right. I wasn't speeding. I didn't do any legal lane changes, nothing like that. He was like, um, yeah, you got a warrant for your arrest. And I was like, <coughs> That's well, always a cop-out. That's always a cop-out. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he seemed surprised that I was surprised. And I was like, and I was like, sir, I've been pulled over twice by your same department in the past nine days. I was like, neither one of them did you warrant. And so his excuse was that at that time, well, the system must have been down. And so what I did then was show him the ticket that I got. I was like, sir, the system was down. How is it I have a printed ticket? I was like, not handwritten. I was like, he printed the ticket. I was like, how's that? How's the system down with a printed ticket? And he was like, well, let me check on it, but for my safety, let me put you in cuffs in the back of my car. So he put me in cuffs, put me in the back of his car. And for me, instead of him sitting in the car with me, calling in that warrant, he spent the next 15, 20 minutes, it seemed like, walking around my car, like with a flashlight, looking through the windows and stuff, and finally came back with like, it's an invalid warrant, you're free to go. So I asked him where the warrant was from, and he gave me somewhere, and we called, they were like, no. So me and my mom went to make a complaint with the department. And it was black officers who were in charge of the affairs there. And they actually told them, it's the first time I've seen my mom really cut somebody out. And they were like, he did nothing wrong. They were like, he had the right to profile, you know, they do something. <laughs> and my mom, you know, she was a, she's a college professor of 40 years, activist, you know, was in the streets, like civil rights movement. And she basically told them that 
she Marsh got arrested for their black bus to be, you know, have the job they had today. But for them telling that disrespect. So for me, when I started this app, it wasn't an app where it is today. Literally, when I started it, it started because I I wanted people to know exactly where I was when I was stopped. So you know, if anything happened, they can know my location. And B, I got tired of every time a black person got killed, white folks on the news asking what we did wrong. And so I wanted to record it. The majority of us are like, yes, sir, no, sir, we don't escalate anything. And so that was literally it when I started. So that was the, you know, the crux of my beginning. It just came from, yo, I've been pulled over so much in my lifetime and I'm looking at all you folks out here arguing. If I got killed, y'all gonna be arguing about me like this? Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, let me have a video at least so y'all can at least hear my side of the story. So that's how the app started. And obviously since then we've, you know, evolved into a lot more from there. But that was the initial story just from my personal experiences and from what was going on at the time. Cause literally, the, the crazy part is we first, the first app we had got released in April of 2015. And for me, from about August of 2014, through that time, every morning I go up in the app store hoping somebody had an app like this out already. Every single morning I was like, man, somebody gotta have this out here. And, and so, and by the time, you know, we got it, it still, there still wasn't anything like what we were trying to get. And so, you know, we got that first version out with just the button that you could record and the button that let people know your exact location. And then we had your basic bill of rights on there because I always want to keep some rights and laws on there because that's one issue I think we as people have in this country is that we are too willing to give up our rights just because we're, we're so scared of that. But I think us giving up our rights sometimes has caused us more problems than us asserting our own rights. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's just the old, ask me, it's just an old slave revolt feeling that we have dealing with law enforcement and we don't we just don't like law enforcement people don't you know the law honestly we should know it if we're governing ourselves out here in the public going to and fro going state to state we should know these laws um what i like about this app is that you lay everything out from police encounters immigration state laws federal laws even marijuana laws that i need to know because i'm a pothead so i need to know that be honest. Even shooting activity laws, man. Um, how you said it took you six years. Was it was it difficult getting that the, all that information? Yeah, I mean it's been basically I've gotten rid of my whole first team. There were times where it's just me, and I don't know how to code. So I had to find somebody to code, and then I've got people doing the laws and looking at the laws. And even we got a new app, like a new version will be released in the next two three weeks. Y'all will see a completely new version design. It's going to be so much easier to use and the usability like we got the design the head designer for twitter designed our new app and he's a black he's a black 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 guy brother okay and so he designed our new app and so we're gonna have the new app and stuff like that so yeah it took a while i mean you can get the federal laws easily you can get you know your bill of rights you can get those laws it was going to the individual states and finding that and what we're doing now and the next idea is what we're doing now though is what i'm gonna put in is those local ordinances that actually get us more so than those state and federal laws right and so like you're talking about marijuana for instance so i'm here in georgia in atlanta if you get caught with an ounce of marijuana you get a ticket right now if i now if i go to decatur which could be the same county decab county but still part of the cab is atlanta part of it is decatur right if i go to caught with that same ounce i'm going to jail yeah. And so we need people to know that kind of stuff. And that's, you know? what's going, that's what's going to get people caught up, too. Not knowing county lines from state lines. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that's the kind of stuff, like we saw Dante Wright when he told his mom he got stopped for having that air freshener in the, you know, in his rear view mirror. How many folks know this is against the law? So it's things like that that they made, and most of those laws are made intentionally in, to, to get black folks, because they don't do that same thing with white people. But like, I'll go and look how many white folks they arrested with air fresheners in their rear view mirror. I guarantee you, it's going to be a huge disparity. Uh, and we need to go for that. And so we're putting up stuff like that. You know, I've looked at things like that that I just was like, um, the one that really got me on this was Walter Scott in South Carolina. Remember, he was the brother that was running away and the man shot him. And, and a bystander, by God, lucky bystander, had a phone out and called him. And I remember that what ate me up was the fact that Walter Scott got stopped for having a broken taillight. In the state of South Carolina, that's legal. It's illegal to have two. Broken taillight. So if it had something there, what it could happen would have been, hey, Thank you, officer, for letting, me, for letting me know about that. I'm going to go get it fixed. The law says this is legal. Am I free to go? He doesn't yeah. have to pull out a driver's license. He doesn't have to worry about anything. And yeah. the officer has to say, you're free to go because you literally told me why you stopped me and I showed you that it's legal. <clears throat> some, some police officers know that they're out there fear-mongering, man. They know they can push certain buttons to make certain make certain people panic. If you, if you mention the word warrant, you mention the word detain, it's all word usage. Mm-hmm. That, that, that kind of trigger people and they, they start to clam up. Even, I can even front. If they come behind me, I tighten up a little bit. Like, if I sit up straight. <laughs> turn that music down. Turn you my know? music down. I don't want to, I'm, I'm abiding by all rules and ordinances. I don't want you to stop. And if you stop me, I got my insurance, I got my license, I got everything, registration, whatever you need. Just handle this in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a civil, in a, in a calm manner. You know what I mean? Yeah, Zane. Can you can you tell us what the uh, as far as your team with uh, Mr. Corby Shaw and Alice Alice Lorenzo? How did you meet them, and you know how did they you know play a part in this app right here? Well, Corey is the CTO. He's the coder. So when we first started, I had an original team. It was one of my friends from school who finished law school. Um, and then an old co-worker found somebody that could code because I couldn't code just to build out the app. And so we built out the first like couple of apps with that team. But um, I tell people a lot of times in tech, the key is to find somebody. They, nobody's going to have the same passion as you will about your idea or about your baby. But 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 have somebody that cares about it, right? Yeah. Have somebody that puts, you know, some kind of hour, especially if you're paying them to do some of the stuff. And so like I got rid of that team. Um, we had Alex come on as an intern for a while. Um, she's no longer with us, though. Um, but she helped us with some of the law. She helped us with some of that stuff. And I found Corey. So after I lost my coder, um, I spent a lot of time focusing on, like, that's when I found time on laws, uh, talking to attorneys and things like that. Okay. And then I got an accelerator here in Atlanta, and I went to uh, a guy named Rodney Sampson. He's a brother who um, has been heavy in the tech game here. He had a program where he has a bunch of black kids at HBCUs, and he specifically goes to HBCUs to teach them how to code. And he nice. takes them to South by Southwest every year, and he wants to get them into tech, so he teaches them all different levels of tech. So I went to Rodney, I was like, I know you have a coding program with some black folks, I want a black coder. Um, do you have one? So he introduced me to one guy, um, the guy, the head of the class, <laughs> and that guy is funny, because at that time in 2016, I asked him to be the CTO, and I gave him the vision, I gave him all of what we wanted to build out. And he was like, nah, I don't believe in your monetization strategy and all of that stuff. But, but, and so he passed me on to Corey, who was the top student in the class. 
and Corey was still in Morehouse working in college. Right. And so working at Emory, I was like, yo, Corey. And Corey got it right away. Corey's like, look, man, I'm from Alabama. He's like, I played basketball. I went to Juco. I got to Morehouse. He was like, bro, I've been pulled over small things than you know. I'm like, all you have to say was from you from Southern Alabama. I was like, I understand. I'm from Macon. I was like, we here. And so Corey's put in more work in terms of like just building, thinking about it. Like he's made it his own app as well. And so we got another brother, Jamal, who's coding with him on the Android side of things. So I'm trying to keep it an all black coding team for as long as we have it there. Um, and, um, but yeah, so that's like been a blessing when you find that right person that can do that other aspect. Cause now I don't worry about the technical side. Right. I literally have meetings, I'm like, Corey, here's what I want to see. So our next app, I was like, Corey, I want to see if somebody gets a ticket, take the picture of that ticket. And we're going to remind them of their court date or when they pay it off so they're not driving around with bench warrants. Yes. Yes. And, uh, like, cool. and now he's like, cool, here it is in the next app design. Here's how it's going to work. Boom. They take this. I'm like, man, that's, that's what I love about y'all. I tell y'all how to do it, and y'all figure out on the back end how to go do that. And so, um, yeah, so getting Corey there, and now I'm using college students. I'm going to be having interns while I'm paying them this summer to now start working on those local laws. So we're starting them, you know, I've got them looking at laws in New York City. I've got them looking at laws in Philadelphia and D.C., Chicago, L.A., Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, some of the biggest cities. And we're going to start there on the local ordinances to get us, you know, all the time, those little things that the cops know in their code books, but none of us know this illegal. I caught you jaywalking, chewing gum. Let me, let, me, let me say this though, the, um, the gentleman who told you that he didn't believe in it, you know, at the time it may have been hurtful, but honestly, that's a blessing in disguise. I'd rather have a person tell me they don't believe in it and right. then refer me to somebody who does buy into your vision. That's why your app has been able to advance. And here's the funny thing. Uh, I actually, it gave him his invite to Clubhouse. He got on Clubhouse and he had a room and created and literally, the first thing, he had a whole room created to him, basically. I wasn't even like on stage, him apologizing to me. He was like, bro, the biggest regret I have right now is not taking that role on. He was like, you saw something at that time. Yeah. I was like, and I just told him, I was like, fam, it wasn't at that time. I was like, I remember when I was in college, I was like, we was protesting Amadou Giallo. I was yeah. like, before that was Sean Bell. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. like yeah. bros been getting beaten up and killed and shot for centuries. We just got it on camera now. But ain't that crazy, though? Know, we've been going through, I mean, I've been going through it from, as a teenager, too, man. It's like police brutality is this ugly coat with a bad smell that we got to wear till we shake it off. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Let, yeah. me, let, me, let me ask you this, though. What do you, I guess, what do you say to people that say, all right, you're going to videotape interactions, but police now wear body cameras? You know, what's the difference in terms of the interactions? Oh, that's an easy one. I tell them, look what's happened to Andrew Brown's family in North Carolina right now. They're not allowed to see that body cam without the judge telling them, you know, releasing it. So for, so for what? Three, they already buried him. It's been three weeks since they, since their family member died. They haven't been able to see more wow. than 20 seconds of what the police picked mm -hmm. of what happened. So now if they had a camera, if they had a video, like with our new app, they had, if he had put them on and they had a live stream, guess what? It'd be all over the country right now of their side of the video. And that judge would be like, you know what? Might as well release it. They've already seen it. It's a one minute video. And so that's the point of this right now is cause those laws are right there where now we have too many situations where the police, the DA or the judge determines whether even the family can see if something happened to their own family member. And so that's that simple. I just tell them that cool. And they don't, how many times have we seen body cameras cut off? You know, how many times have we seen like the, the woman that killed uh, Dante Wright? The year before she was involved where somebody else killed a brother and she told him immediately cut off your cameras mm. cut off your mics 
because she was the police union. So she was telling them how to handle that. And she was on tape telling them that. So I tell people that, yeah, that's why I say we have to keep recording and have to keep that accountability on all ends of them. I was going to just ask you that, talk about the accountability measure on that, man. I hold police accountable. Talk about that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the biggest issue. Like, I think we need to get rid of qualified immunity. So, you know, if these police officers are out here beating somebody, they can get sued for their money. I think we need to we need to rework. I think every community needs to really, really start focusing on local elections and going to their mayor and their um, city council right. and looking look at the contrast between that police board and police union and your city. Because that's part of the problem. These contracts, a lot of times, allow officers to get away with anything. And we as citizens don't know about that. And so that's something to say. What you mean by contract? So the city council and the mayor actually go into contracts with police unions or police associations around the country. Each city has it. And so that's how they determine how much of the budget of your city budget sometimes goes to the police department. That determines if a police officer shoots somebody, there's a reason why they get to go home and they're, you know, get to have that whole thing. Why, if you shot somebody, you're going to get arrested. Yeah, they get administrative leave. Right, it's all in the contract. Right, okay. And these are things that we as citizens have control of if we put pressure on city council, on mayors. Like I tell people all the time, most cities have their police budget, give their whole, their, their city budget. Give about anywhere from 30 to 60% of their budget to police. Think about that. Like New York City spends how many millions of dollars? I think it's like $120 million a year on policing. Now you cut that down to 60 million and you put that back into the community. You put that back in all those places that don't have that don't have healthy grocery stores. Now you put grocery stores in those places, that's jobs for those people. You give them other well, opportunities. Down. All that people get opportunity, but we don't think like that. And so when we go back to our city council, to our mayors and say, yo, let's make sure our police budget is not 40%. Cut it down to 20% and get that other 20% back to the people and help us out and see what happens there. The politicians, the issue with it though, is that the politicians, those unions are so, so, um, so powerful and they feel like the union represents such great numbers that the politicians get in bed with them and align with them to get their votes. Um, so that's why you have like politicians that publicly won't say defund the police, even though they know defunding police means reallocating the money. Right. Other things right. in the community, they won't say it because they don't want to lose the endorsement of those unions. Yeah, Rob. Nah, I was just going to add on to that, man. Cutting the funding for the police, man, and spreading around. That'll bring back the things like the community center we grew up on. Mm-hmm. Police had police athletic leagues. Yep. They don't even exercise that anymore. So not defunding them, but allocating those funds. Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. How, how is um, law enforcement's response to this app? Like, how's, that, how's that been? They've loved it because I pictured to them simply. I was like, if you're a good officer doing your job, that's the biggest endorsement for you. Like, if they you're look good. Yeah, if you're doing good, then you'll have a bunch of videos of you doing your job. If you're pulling somebody over speeding and saying, here's your ticket, have a great day. And them saying thank you. If you're the 30 cop, and that's my picture. I was like, if you don't have any, if, you, if you're doing your job, you got nothing to worry about. If you're the one that's hiding stuff, you're the one that's questioning people, you're the one that's doing other stuff, then yeah, this is going to be something you're not going to like. But I've, I've had police chiefs endorse it. I've been talking to the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, Noble, with all the black police chiefs in the country and stuff. So uh, Dr. Cedric Alexander, who, you know, is always on CNN, he's their police head. He's one of my advisors here when we talk about that. Because I'm like, you know, you, because I told him, like, Dr. Alexander, you got daughters? 
And he's like, yep, like he's like, they've been stopped by police. I'm like, you've been, he was like, yeah, when I've been off of uniform, I've been stopped by police. I'm like, exactly, you're a black man when you're out of, off, when you're out of uniform. So they get it. So we're gonna um, hopefully get more of them to get uh, endorsements as well, um, to get that there where I can say, hey, this actually is gonna help your officers because it's gonna hold them more accountable. And yeah. it's gonna be more transparency. And if you want that transparency and trust between the community and you, that is something you need to embrace. Now is the app, is the app voice activated? Yeah, we can activate um, iOS, and I think they get the next Android is going to be voice activated as well. So now if I say, hey, Siri, open up Legal Equalizer, the app opens up. It's actually open on my computer right Zane, now, which is crazy. Zane, isn't it interesting what, uh, what, what he just said? We had a police officer, a New York uh, Police Department officer, earlier this week. I didn't find anything. Sorry, sorry, that was my Siri trying to respond. <laughs> and he was saying the same thing about um, body cams. He was like, the only people that's concerned about body cams are the people who have something to hide. That's what he said? Yeah. He was like, the only officers that really have concern about body cams are the people who have something to hide. If you're doing your job, he was like, why would you be concerned? Guzzy. Yeah, it, it definitely has to be like a level of transparency from the average civilian to, you know, one of these, you know, these, these different policemen and police women. Uh, have you have you uh, ever thought about um, doing like a, a, lang a, a language, a language, uh, feature to where it's like okay say it i'm sorry huh and, and i was gonna say interpretation language interpretation or something like that right yeah is something that's coming later it's already in spanish um, okay. we already have it in spanish and so um like i said those students i'm hiring to work with us i've got one from brazil that's gonna get it in portuguese i've got one that says he can get arabic we're looking for Mandarin. So we're going to get in a bunch of different languages. Because eventually, I mean, like I told people, this will go global. You know, I was born in Ambia, West Africa. I lived in Rio de Janeiro for a year. I've traveled around. I've seen policing in other parts of the world. Right. Like, example, Rio, Rio police kill more people in one year than the whole U.S. does combined. Wow. And so, yeah, so like Rio, like every time my Brazilian friends are like, yo, when are you getting this thing down here? You know, so it's like this, you know, Nigeria had a protest for two months, the SARS protest they had over police yeah. brutality. And so, you know, that's where I see it going global. And then actually I'll tell you guys in about three to five years, the app won't be used for car stops anymore. The app is gonna be for, you know, if you're walking, it's gonna be for domestic violence, immigration and stuff. In three to five I'll years, I'm gonna be talking to Tesla. I'm gonna be talking to Toyota. Mercedes, Nissan, what I'm going to have is we're going to we're, we're, we're turn this into software. So now I'm going to go to them and say, you guys have been making physically safe cars. We're now going to give you the first legally safe vehicle. And with our software, when you see them lights up, all you have to say is open up legal equalizer on your car console. It's going to be your, your people you pick right there watching. Then those list of attorneys come on. You see the list of attorneys, you pick the attorney, he pops up right there. When the cop comes and tells you why he stopped you, that ordinance pops up and all of it's being recorded. So now... I tell him, yo, you think any black person buys a car from you is going to turn down this package? <laughs> nah, fam. You can tell him, yo, every time you get stopped, it's recorded and your people's there with the attorney. And that's where we're going in the next three to yo, five years. Yo, and Bob, what's your creative process, man? You's a bright dude, son. You kidding off all sorts, clicking all cylinders over there, bro. What you be doing on the regular, bro? Man, I just, I've been thinking about it for a while, bro. Like, trust me, like, the whole thing, my whole vision, like I told somebody, eventually I'm going to go back to Africa. Cause they're gonna kill me if I fill out my whole vision. Cause literally, the reason nah, we gonna, that, we gonna protect reason, you, bro. We gonna protect the reason, you. The reason I add in that uh, the adding in the tickets part, you know, 
average people are like, yeah, the tickets help me know when my court date is and when I have to pay the ticket off and I'll drive the bench warrant. For me, I'm looking at it as a way to now look at who the prosecutors and judges are when you go to court. Because we're not going to follow up on it when you go to court. Who's your prosecutor? Did he give you a plea deal? What was it? Who's the judge? What sentence did he give you? Oh, on the ticket, we see your race, we see your age. Hey, judge, in four years, we got all these tickets from your courtroom. How come you gave these black folks harsher sentences for the same thing that you gave these white folks? And then on the ticket, who else do we have? Do we have what you got stopped for, when you got stopped, why you got stopped. Oh, and the officer stopped you. So now in three months, I can go to the police department and say, hey, Officer Smith stopped 48 people in the last three months. Based on his tickets, his tickets now, it says 36 of them were black males ages 18 to 24. Now, based on his tickets, it says 36 of them. Out of 36, it says that 28 of them had a broken taillight. You think there's 28 broken taillights in like three months by black males in this area? Nah, and so like this whole process, I've been, like I said, it's been a six year, six, almost seven years of me breaking down, thinking about this, thinking about all the different aspects, talking to, you know, other people that have been through it, thinking about my scenarios, but also just thinking about tech. Tech was the way that forced me to even think about, I hated having to think about how to monetize this. Cause when I started, like I said, it wasn't about making money whatsoever. It was about, yo, I'm my mom's no back. And I went that, and I got into tech and to even grow this cause there were other apps that came around and they kept on falling off. And I'd reach out to them cause I like, I reach out to any app that's like this. Cause I'm not the brother that's gonna be like, I'm gonna be the only one. Right. I'm like, ah, if, I, if we have more options to save our lives, bring them all on. If there's one better than me, I'm gonna support them too. Like I tell them all the time, but people are like, you crazy. I'm like, why? I was like, when I go to the grocery store, I can pick between essential water, the sunny water, smart water. Like y'all don't tell them they crazy. So how come like, so how come like we gotta be crazy? We gotta figure out how we can save our lives and protect ourselves. So I reach out to these folks and we discuss and so like I realized at that time that the reason they weren't even making it to get additional features and stuff was because nobody was investing in them. Nobody was putting any money behind them. They'd be like, we love the idea. And they'd be like, all right, fam, we need 25 stacks or something. They'd be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How do I make my, make my money back? Right. And for me, I'd be like, well, this is helping you save lives. And so I had to then figure out how to monetize it. And so when I quickly figured out, here's a monetization model, Mm-hmm. Then people are like, okay, I see that. That makes sense. We can put money behind it. And then from there, that's where I got into, okay, if we're going to start monetizing, that's why I was like, oh, software vehicles, then we're going to talk about money, money, if we're going to talk about money. And it was just that process of going through all that stuff. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because, um, you know, me, Rob, and Zane, we were talking earlier um, today. And one of the things is that anybody that we bring on, I always try to do like research, you know, so I researched the app, I signed up for the app, sure I looked at everything. And one of the things I said to um to Zane and Rob, I was like, okay, so what's the monetization model for? How does the app make money? And, you know, there are, um, people want to do the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing is not profitable though. That sounds crazy, but it's true. You know, at the end of the day, when you, when you have investors coming in and stuff like that, they're saying, how does this how does this app generate revenue and stuff like that? So I'm happy that you laid out, you know, what the vision is going forward with the software and everything. Because I, I think I think that's brilliant. Um there were two things that you mentioned also. You were talking about like the um the element of being able to track who the prosecutor is, who the judge is, and different things like that. And I wonder, um, has there been any discussion in terms of if the footage that the person actually gets, if it'll be actually admissible in court? And I only say that because I know that it seems like as a person of color, whenever we figure out or feel like that we found a way to kind of um, to cut our teeth and to get into something, 
there becomes some other type type of um some some entity or something circumvents yeah or, or or prevents us from being able to actually capitalize you know like yeah. I think there's always an obstacle in place no matter what we have so those are a couple of things we have to monitor and those are things where i try to outthink get, get i'm like think a step ahead of these people sometimes mm -hmm. And so there are certain states which we put in the app, and it's like, I want to say three states, Illinois, Maryland, and one more, where you have to notify the officer you're recording them. Okay. But you still but you still have the right to record them. You, you still notify them that I'm recording you. Right. Right? And so there are certain states that have that. And now you see there's some uh, laws that are being changed to say you can't record an officer on your cell phone, right? So now, also on top of, before we even get to that car thing, we might come out with a dash cam because then we'll say, okay, we're just recording our property. Yeah. And now you can't say you can't record your property because then if they say that, then we can say, all right, cool. You got to take out all the house house cameras there. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to always stay that step ahead. And so mm -hmm. even that's when the software thing, I'm like, cool, the software puts the camera inside the car. That's not property. You can't tell me I can't record my own property. And so that's that's then the way we're going justi to justify that. But I've always looked at every aspect of this because that's one thing you're right about. Anytime there's any progress, there's always going to be a fight back to try to knock that back. So I just always try to stay, stay a step ahead. Yeah, I think also like the connection with Noble makes sense also because I think that in order for you to get the office to actually buy into whatever it is, you have to get leadership to buy into whatever, the, whatever it is. So I'm wondering, you know, and you know, I haven't done that much research in terms of what you have going on, but I think one of the things that I look at it that we could be a strong selling point to law enforcement is Law enforcement has a ton of bad public relations right now. By partnering with something like this, it gives them an opportunity to say, like, look, as a result of working with the app, our positive interactions are now documented and the negative interactions have significantly reduced because of the transparency that you're mentioning. So, I, you know, I wonder, like, have you been able to um, start having conversations with police departments about actually being able to extrapolate hard data from them around this stuff? Because that, that a lot of times, you know, my theory on data is there's data about data and data could be skewed. But I also think that data is compelling enough to make a, a, a good, it, it helps to sell whatever your product is. Yeah, I mean, the thing for the police department to get them on there, because for, for policing, one thing I learned speaking with them, and I, I spent like two years almost every day trying to go into the department speaking with them, is that they are very reluctant to change. Like they even told me that it took them years to even agree to have dash cams up. And it only happened because they found the dash cam helped out one of them, you know, when they were accused of something. And so, so the way I get a lot of them is like, hey, we're gonna have something here where we'll put like, I was like, eventually this is gonna be the, the biggest proponent of good policing ever. I was like, we're gonna put those officers just do the proper job, be like, hey, here's videos of them too, just doing their job. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I got that for them. But the our policing side, where I've been trying to work with them and with the cities. So a lot of these cities are thinking like smart city stuff, right? Yeah. And so what I've been, I just had a meeting with the Chamber of Commerce here about it. Because I was like, I think one of the biggest issues with policing as well is that we are still using 1980s technology in 2021. I and agree. I, and I told them, I was like, the biggest example and something we can change right now in a city is how we use 911. So about 60% of these police shootings are for mental health calls. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to police officers here, they were like, yeah, the calls normally come from 911 here like this. Hey, it's a man in the street with a knife walking around. Mm -hmm. It's a man in the street with a gun walking around. And so I was like, pitched them. I was like, we have tools now, A, to let somebody know your exact location and to have video. 
Right. I was like, how come we don't have something to give 911 police video access to what's going on in real time during that call where police can then know how to interact based on what they see and not what they hear. So now if they see that man with a knife, they can look and clearly see this man is in a mental health situation. Let's call someone that's trained with mental health emergencies. Let me not come up here with my car with sirens going all the way down, you know, blasting because, you know, that's going to get him, you know, trigger him or something like that. Right. You know, and so that's where I'm trying to work with them on is trying to figure out ways to improve smart ways to react to these situations. So if the family member, it doesn't have to be a video because some people don't want the video. But if a family member says, hey, it's a mental episode. I want him to be safe. I want to show you what he looks like. I want to show you what's going on. And the police can now see and be like, oh, okay. I don't have to come here thinking this dude's trying to stab me or trying to shoot me. They're just going through an episode. Let's get somebody that's trained in that to come here and help us out. And so that's what I'm trying to get on that in the tech with them as well and to work with a few other features. Because the other thing I told them as well with that last feature is it does also something for stuff that happens in my neighborhood. Because I'm like, I've seen folks here call people the police and y'all get here an hour and a half later. Hmm. And so now we have the video. We're going to have the video as well. Be like, you see why we don't trust y'all? I told y'all it's going on and we literally waited this amount of time for y'all to get here. And so like it's on both ends, but that's going to be a, a thing that's like a deal with cities and with the police departments. So I've been reaching out, got somebody that's um, another brother I went to high school with that got in tech and he's done a lot of work with cities. And mm -hmm. so some of the stuff you guys talked about, like we've already like started brainstorming, like you, like you said, to make interaction between police and citizens easier. We're brainstorming right. something like when the police officer pulls you over, maybe have a Bluetooth that drops onto your phone that lets you know exactly why you got stopped. So you're not wondering in that nervous moment, be like, oh, okay, you know? So at that point in time, you could be like, interaction, or we've, we've talked about interaction where the police don't have to get out the car, where you can Bluetooth or drop your ID, your insurance and all that onto their phone, and mm -hmm. they can check all that stuff out. They can be like, you're clear, they can send you the ticket to your phone, and you can right. keep it moving. So it's yeah. all kinds of things we thought about. You know, you know when a, a lot of that um, stuff that, that we're discussing, a lot of this is going to happen when they actually do reallocate some of those funds. Sadly, that's where the innovation is going to come from. You got him in the pockets, man. Yeah, we don't have we don't have the money to have the manpower out, so now we have to be creative. That's unfortunate, but that's, that's how it usually happens. Instead, they're buying robot dogs. Exactly. Right, robot everything. You know, the yeah. laws change so often. How how often does um does your app update? laws when they do change that's our one issue we need to do more uh thing we do it probably once every six to nine months but they change more often than that yeah they do um and so but i mean that's one of the good things i am happy about having those um kids coming to work for me this summer those college kids um they'll be interning this summer because then we can have that more rapidly but yeah because i literally like i had like what was it the marijuana laws in hawaii and then my college roommate who lives out there called me and was like, oh, no, nah, they changed that like two months ago. So we had to go back and re-update that. But that's going to be the good thing. When we, when we can build out a team um, and it's more than me and Corey and Jamal, then we'll have, you know, some of that stuff to get those where it'll be, hey, this law changed in your local district. And we'll send you a push notification to your app that says, hey, here's the pass today in your city. Um, here's a new law in your city. That's that's the goal we want by zip code where you can be able to do it. Oh, yeah. And then the next update y'all will be able to do, which I think will help us even more viral, is let's say that live stream we have now. So now when you get stopped, you can hit a button. It's a live Zoom, right? To your loved ones. And they can record it. And we're actually building our own live stream in this next update. So you don't have to log into Zoom credentials. 
but we're also doing it where you can then let other legal equalizer users in your area watch that thing live and record it outside of your family. So if you wanted to go viral, you felt like, oh, crap, cool, hit it, boom, and anybody there in that area would get a ping to say, this leaves, this user's been stopped by the police. Do you want to watch and make sure everything is okay? And then now you, you can have a ways, a ways type situation. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it populates. So once you open it up, it hits all your contacts, yep. a couple nine yards. That's yeah, and, and people be all been watching live and recorded live. So that's the goal to have a bunch of eyewitnesses in real time. You know, this thing, this law enforcement thing, man, ever since inception, people are just afraid of that word law. They, they, they hear it and they cringe and they, they don't, they don't even want to know what the law is. You know what I'm saying? Even I got it. I ain't got time to read that. A lot of our people fall into that. And I think that's what hurts us. Yeah. You need and to we... walk around. Let alone, and I'll just digress for a quick second. You know, what is law? A system of rules that regulate your actions as a member of society. So you want to be, you're watching you and making sure you're adhering to the law. And if you violate, there's a penalty. But there's also a universal law that we need to correspond to. And it's funny that I use the word correspondence. You know what I'm saying? And things like rhythm, polarity. These are the things, honestly, I feel we need to start governing ourselves so that we can make better decisions we're in, in, when we're in situations such as like mm-hmm. that with yeah. police officers. We need to learn how to govern ourselves a little bit more in, in that regard. Um, I just wanted to digress. And, and I talk about the thing with law, it's also, that's why I have this, your vote influences everything as well, right? Because a lot of these laws we have on the books need to be changed. Correct. Because we're still having laws that were made during the Black Codes, during Jim Crow, exercised upon us. Mm-hmm. Laws that were made specifically after the 13th Amendment was created to put Black people right back into jail incarceration. Mm-hmm. And we right. still have those there, and we haven't changed those. And so we need to have more people that are willing to speak out about that and change that as well. Because I tell people all the time, people go to jail for stealing like a Snickers bar from a convenience store. But the biggest like thieves in America are employees who don't pay people overtime, don't pay proper hours and wages. They don't spend a second mm-hmm. in prison because there's not a law going against them. And buy a ruffle and go ruffle some feathers out here, bro. Can you tell us the fees as far as so each time that a situation occurs where somebody's in their car or somebody's on foot and this situation happens where, you know, a cop is in, you know, in their in their personal space. Is there a fee that the person pays per per situation? And number two, I see on the app it shows that you have the lawyers and uh other, you know, uh legal counsel that's a part of it to where, you know, somebody can make it make it live live feed and stuff like that so are the are the lawyers paying fees too just to be a part of it and if so you know what's the prices for both yeah so what we're doing is we we've got a list of attorneys we're building out that app now too and that attorney side was built out in about three months and we're gonna have lawyers all over the country hopefully you know criminal civil immigration and others and so for the attorneys we're gonna have them pay us either fifty dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month be on the app as a platform and then we'll have place for them to advertise because within the app we have videos and we're going to make it then where okay if you want to be the only attorney in your county to advertise a video for what happens after a car accident or you know the only one in the state for immigration or something like that you can pay us um, on that as well 
um, on the user end, it's free to use the app. If you want to call the attorney, where we've made it where it's more affordable. So this is where I got the attorneys involved as well. So I told the attorneys the reason that 90% of America doesn't call them is because y'all charge three to five hundred dollars just just a phone call. Yep. And so what we've agreed to for most of them is they're going to agree to do a 10 minute call because we've seen the average traffic stop last about seven minutes. So we said a 10 minute call, somebody will pay fifty dollars. A 20 minute call be a hundred dollars. So for the attorney, if it's an hour of you doing this, you're still making 300 bucks an hour. And for the average person, it's going to be cheaper than the cost of a ticket because that 50 bucks would be cheaper than the ticket they'd probably be getting right then and there. And then for the attorney, I'm like, if that person gets arrested or goes to jail, that's who more likely they're going to call. And so we're going to have a subscription plan for the users as well. We're doing like six or seven bucks a month for the individual, which will guarantee you like a couple of calls free a year. And then we'll do a family plan of like $15 a month. And so it'll be like insurance, where hopefully you don't need it, but if you need it, then you'll have it there to go. Um, and what we're also going to do is I've also been talking, because I just got done with Techstars. So Techstars is like Y Combinator. Uh, we just got done with Techstars. And I'm talking to companies that are involved, like Cox and Delta. And I'm going to talk to Coke and other companies. And once we get the attorney side and be like, hey, can you guys, since y'all care about black lives and the policing stuff, give us $100,000 and here's what it's going to go for. That $100,000 is going to help 10,000 people for 20 minutes have an attorney if they need it. And you guys can keep a track of where your money goes. And while they're on that call, it's going to say, hey, this call is paid for by Coca-Cola. This call is paid for by Delta. This call is paid for by Cost Communication. I'm like, now y'all are helping them. And then for those people, if we pay for it for free, y'all going to have to go to Know Your Rights Camp. Because now I want y'all to go to somewhere because we're not just going to give it to you free. I want you now agree if you go to get it free, you're going to have to go to this camp and pay it back. Cause I want you to, I want you to be educated where next time this happens, you don't need to, you have all this. Now, you know, boom, 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 and pass that on. So that's kind of some of the stuff we have. So that's how the monetizing is working on that. We might up change those prices around, um, but that's kind of initially where we'll start. And I'll probably initially give the first set of attorneys on there like free until they get the first call. But literally I tell them, if you guys get one 10 minute call in the month, you've made your $50 back. Yeah, and not a good idea to put your clients. Then you know you've made thousands of dollars off of that. Yeah, it's a good idea to put a fee scale in there because you will if they, if it was a free service and you have people that'll be using it. Like there was the, the attorney they retained. Like hold on a second, let me get my attorney on the phone. Um, let me ask you this. You know, for for some reason, I think that I, I don't understand, but sometimes cameras seem to antagonize and and get people worked up. Have you considered how officers may respond to a person? taking out a camera because i'm sure the app is built around safety per right, se right. thing is safety so yeah i mean and I, that's why i kind of had it where you can open up the app and have things going really really quickly mm -hmm. um so the way the app is even designed like i tell people you can literally have that text message and have your people on the zoom call within 15 to 20 seconds okay. like it's that quick and i tell them, most officers don't get out their car immediately and right. they're still checking that and the one I've got a couple of people that've used it already, but the one funniest story I've got is a dude who we got him on a website. He was from Ferguson, Trey, and he like because he actually I've got his number called him. He's like, yo, I play college football. I'm a D lineman. He's like, I'm in Ferguson, Missouri, where I grew up. And so he was like, bro, every time I get pulled over and the cops see my ID, I tell them every single time, I was like, officer, I have every bit of that six fold, three hundred and twenty pounds you see, sir. So don't be scared when I get out this car. <laughs> and so. He was going on a, a, a coach, he coaches uh, uh, football for kids. So they had a tournament, he's like, I'm out of town. He's like, so I get pulled over. 
He's like, I put the app up. He's like, my mom was there. He was like, I had his girl was there. He was like, I had my dad and then his uh two of his best friends were there. And he's like, so the officer came and he's like, tell me, I to pull you over. And he's like, oh, officer. He's like, hey, officer. And he's like, who is that? And he's like, he was like, oh, it's my mama. And the mom was waving at him. He's like, he's like, I've never seen the officer just like the whole situation. Like, woo. I was like, oh, hey, mama. And it was like, it was just all like relaxed like that. So like, that's kind of what I hope is like, when the officer sees that other people are there watching, mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, let me just be on my best behavior, do what I gotta do, and, and be gone. And so, like, that was that was what I hoped. But I mean, I tell people if a camera's gonna antagonize the officer, they're gonna be antagonized by something else anyway. And okay. so I'd rather it being recorded rather than them getting antagonized and, you know, doing something without it being recorded. So, yeah, of, of course. I think that, you know, you have officers that have a short fuse and that soon. You, yep. There are a lot of officers that once they they find out that you know your rights and you begin to recite them to them, that antagonizes, that works them up, that triggers them. So that's why I said, like, you know, taking a camera, I could see how potentially it could escalate a conflict. Like to me, the feature that I really like about it is that that ability to kind of tap and let people know like these are my people that I'm contacting and letting them know that you know I was stopped for traffic related um whatever it is interaction and this is where I'm at this is what's going on like to me that's something that's like a feature that I really like about that app. Yeah you know what I was thinking you know what I was thinking too fellas uh now if if you're able to uh have some type of like QR code that's on the back of the license plate and once the once the once the officer scans the person's license plate, they will see that the person that's driving or the person that's you know uh, being being pulled over has that app. So that 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 officer will think a little bit different, you know, for that approach. And this is funny because I've gone through this argument a few times. Because even in tech stars, one of my things I want to do, I still might do it, is I want to just buy like a thousand bumper stickers that this car is protected by legal equalizer. There'll be eyewitnesses at every stop. But then my yeah. mom, that might antagonize a police officer if they saw that sticker or something like that. And so it's been that too. So I was like, I gotta, I'm still thinking about, I think I still want to do it because I think it'll be a sticker where it's like, cool, if you stop me, it's recording. Be prepared. Right. Well, no, see, see, that's the reason why I was saying about the actual code because if the cop sees that decal on the back, they're going to already know. But if right, they right. pull you over for something that you're not supposed to get pulled over for, and then you out there for 20 minutes, and then they decide to play around and then run your tags, they're gonna have to come up with a very good reason why they pulled you over. So the best case scenario is, thank you very much. You know, uh, you know, have a good night, basically. But if yeah. they see that decal, they're gonna be like, uh, you know, what I'm saying. Well, decals, decals are used for deterrence just in general. Like so. A decal, you know, it may antagonize, but decals can be used for preventive measures. Look, people put in their yard, they don't have a dog, they may put the wear dog. This house is protected by Sloman Shield. This van is being monitored by whatever it is. Half that stuff people don't even have. They just put it there because they figure it's a deterrent. And it's a deterrent on two, two, um, two ways. So I know, like, if you have a person who operates a vehicle for your company and you put that on, the, on, on your vehicle, the person who's operating the van, they're going to be thinking and being like, well, this vehicle's being monitored. Right, the people that's on the road, they're gonna be looking at it and saying like, I have access to report if something goes on with it. So a lot of times, those those things are deterrent. They do help to um to prevent conflict, accidents, and 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 um, unnecessary um, interactions when you know when possible. Yeah, no, I was uh, trying to think about how to get that 
how that'll be. I gotta talk to Corey about how to get that in because I'm thinking because the, the tags are with the state. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to think about how to get that with the state because I don't know if we can do that or if it's like be some kind of um, tactic to get that stuff because that would be like that's one thing I do know. But also there's ways to you know if I start a bumper sticker there are ways to make it where it won't be an antagonizing thing. I could just have something hey this car is being recorded at all times, you know? Mm-hmm. Or this car has live eyewitnesses at all times or something like that, um, just to let them know something like that. So I'll, I'll, that's something we've been thinking about, but that's been a discussion that, that we've had so far. So it's interesting to see y'all bring it up. Yeah. Get it, Rob. Man, yo, I, I, I love this app, man. I'm just looking at it. All 50 states, all DUIs, probably the most common reason pulling people over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we gonna have trust me the new stuff when y'all see it literally next two to three weeks when y'all see the new stuff it's gonna be so much better so much smoother like that whole map y'all see we getting rid of the map we making it real simple where you can hit that boom 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 the laws is a lot more dynamic y'all begin push notifications when we have new laws for your zip codes um, like I said we're gonna have that ticketing aspect of it um, we got you know you can maybe share the app easy as well. So now if you want your homeboys to download it, you can go into the, your profile, boom. Hey, download this app. It sends them yeah. right to where they need to go share it as well. So all kinds of stuff we got coming up. Mm. I know a couple of knuckleheads with these. <laughs> what, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit, but I guess I just have, you know, a question I think that stands out for me is like, what would you say separates this app from other social justice apps? Because, um, you know, after looking at this app, I started kind of looking around and saying, what else out there is comparable? And I seen they had something called I think it was mobile justice or something. There's actually quite a few apps, not quite like yours, but apps that look at social justice. It's funny because mobile justice was the ACLU. And Mm -hmm. I remember it was April, I'd say we released our first beta April, 2015. They released theirs like two weeks before uh, what we had. And so I was like, oh God, I'm sitting here like the press, like these fools. I'm like, I done spent all this month building this app. I was like, I want, I want to release it in June, uh, January, February. I was like, never know, bro. You said that you know the, the the team switched around a lot. It might have been somebody left from the team and gave the people the IP. <laughs> but what happened though was I went on their app and I noticed a couple of things that were different. One with their app, when you had the video, the video didn't stay with you. It went to the ACLU directly, so you had no access to your own video. So right. I, okay, so it was for them. And then um, secondly, they didn't have like the direct access, the live immediate help as well there. And so when I've seen it, there's always other apps that do similar things, but then there's not one that has the laws that allows you to have that immediate text message and has that live interaction. Does all of it all at once. And so there's some that simply can just record the interaction with the police and that's all they do. And you have the recording to save. But they don't have any laws. They don't have any access to your loved ones in real time. They don't have, you know, any of those other features that we have in there as well. Um, and then there's some apps that are focused simply on laws, finding your lawyer. Right. But then they're not worried about letting your loved ones know, here's what's going on, here's where I'm at, here's this or that. And so I wanted to wear a cool. If I'm in trouble, what are the most vital things we need right away? I want my people to care about me though, because they're the ones that actually give a damn. And I want to be able to have immediate help if I need it, the quickest I can. And so that's what right now differentiates it. And if anybody listening want to build something like it, call me. <laughs> like I said, I will be glad 
to help you. You know, because like I said, I, I think we can all win. Like I tell people this, people spend billions of dollars a year, every single year to save themselves, to speak out for their rights, protect themselves. Like this is a global thing we can build to protect ourselves and do it in a smart and feasible way that, you know, has where there are no questions on the back end because cool, not only do we have the data to, to back our info, we have the video to back our info. We have the witnesses to back our info. So what else you gonna question? We got all those things that y'all would question normally in the justice system. We now have all of it here. I tell you what, I, I know that if, if you guys, are, if, if you're able to bridge the gap with Uber or Lyft, because you know the stuff that happens with Uber and Lyft, you got either the, the guest that's in there and something clicks off, or you got the driver that's feeling that the guest is, you know, violating that their, 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 their personal space. Mm-hmm. So I tell you what, man, Uber, Lyft, or any other them ride-sharing companies, they would definitely like that 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 platform, you know, to share that technology. Yeah. One thing, one, I mean, I know you said you're making some changes. One thing I hope that you guys don't change is to me, like, the usability of it. Like, it's very user-friendly. You know, um, when oh. I went over, and, and we've had, we've had other... Um, other tech people on the show and other app developers in particular, I can think of one that I remember telling Rob and Zane, I'm like, I can't even figure out how to get to people to follow on the app kind of thing or whatever. So to me, anytime you get a, um, something that's user friendly, that it just it just makes it so much more compelling and, and easier for people to want to, to use it. That's Very y'all go into the new design, what it looks like. So easily I can just log in quickly, boom. Now I just say add contacts now, like it just walks me directly through it, this new design. So it's a lot easier than the last one. So I can add boom, boom, I'm done with the contacts. Now ask which laws are you interested in, right? Uh. So now, and so now if you put criminal, civil rights, traffic laws, when we get those, we're gonna send you push notifications. If you go to a new state, so that's the next step too. So let's say you're driving from Atlanta to Charlotte. When you cross the Georgia border and you say, I'm interested in traffic laws, we're gonna put, hey, the law of South Carolina, this law has changed. Push notification. We see that yeah. as well. So now I got to continue. Now here's a new design. Look how simple that looks. You see it? It's start yeah. recording. Text your contacts. Start live call. Report a ticket. And at the bottom, you have your account, your, you know, your attorneys, my rights, and all that stuff. And, you know, see the my rights? Now see how much more dynamic that looks? Yeah. And so, like, so we got, you know, find an attorney. You go here. You can even filter it. We have the attorneys to filter. So... That's kind of what the new design is gonna look like. And so I say even just, boom, this one big button, hey, send my text. So like I said, so it's gonna be even, even simpler for people to use and interact with and get there. And so that was the one thing I got feedback from where people like, it's easy, but the onboarding process, they had to figure it out themselves. And if you're tech savvy, you're around with apps, you know how to go through it. But a lot of people, like my mom, I have to be like, all right, mama. And so now, this time I was like, when we build this out, I want my mama to be able to log on without having to call me. And so they were like that. So that's how they made it, where she can now just swipe, hey, here's part, add your contacts right here. Which laws do you know about? All right, pick those laws. We'll send you push notifications when those go. Wow. And so that's the next thing, literally when y'all start driving, that's my next goal is, hey, if you go to this next county, boom, watch out for this. Here's what the law has changed from where you just were, be careful. Yeah. How many users do you guys have so far? Who where? How many users do you have so far? Uh, right now, we actually, this past Sunday, last Sunday, we crossed over 300,000 downloads. Nice. Congratulations. 
We had a question. He said, is the data saved on your own servers or a cloud provider? Because legally the police can get a warrant for any of the data and withhold it like body cam. So the actual, is the actual data served on your, is, is saved on your phone? Yeah, so so, the, so the, the videos and stuff, the data that the, the users have is saved to two places. It's saved, well, three places. Saved on the, the user's phone, so to their cloud stuff. Mm-hmm. It's saved to the app itself. So let's say they even destroyed whatever, you can actually log in to uh, on another phone to the app and that video will still be there. And then we have it also saved on the back end on a server as well. And so if something happened to a phone and you cut over your password and all of that stuff, you could email us and we could then send you back that video. And so one thing we're not ever gonna do is we're not ever gonna use people's videos unsolicited. We're not gonna have people's videos, we're just gonna put out there to the public, that's your video, you own that video. And the only way we're ever gonna get people's video to law enforcement is if we get subpoenaed or have to, you know, do it something. Or if it's like, oh, somebody on our video shot somebody. Yeah, okay, I'm not gonna be here and be like, nah, I'm sorry, we're not gonna, no. Like, we're here to help people. So, um, but at the end of the day, the video and the info is yours. Um, and that's how I want it to be. Like, I've made that stress out to my coders. I stressed that to my team, even to the attorneys. So I was like, I wanna make sure that people understand that the video that they record, that stuff that they have belongs to them and not to me. Nice, nice. Yes, no. You, you, go ahead, man. No, I mean, uh, I tell you what, man. I mean, this, 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 this stuff right here is very educational, innovative, etc. Um, what's the what's the most difficult barrier that you had to come across when you when you came across this this you know making this app? Honestly, it's been it's been funds, money. Like I didn't know how much tech was. I didn't know how much it cost to build an app. Like our first prototype, I literally cleared out all my savings to build that. And then we had a GoFundMe for like 25k. And then my godbrother gave us another 25 to build the next version. Wow. And then like I'm thinking you're done, but then people don't realize, oh, you gotta update it. When Apple and Google update it, you gotta update it. You gotta pay for server space, you gotta pay for all that. And so I told people, if I had a dollar for everybody that told me they liked it, we'd have been funded already. <laughs> but it was literally me, you know, at one point in time, I literally would be working and then I would go drive Lyft, Uber, and all the stuff, and the money I made from there would then be to pay the coders. That's why it would take so long for updates to make, because I'm just like, bam, I'm grinding on this to build it out. And so the tech stars, when they did give us that money, like these past two, three months, has been a huge help to finally be like, all right, y'all gave us money and time. Let's show you what we can build and how much better the product can work and improve and all that. And then, like I said, we're about to do another fundraising round. Um, and Cause at this point in time, now that people see, oh, y'all have 300,000 downloads. You got, you know, over 100,000 registered users. You know, you got this, this, and that. Now people are just like, oh, okay. You're, you guys have something. And so, I get it too, and I tell them actually I'm not even that upset for the most part because I also need to learn a lot of lessons as an entrepreneur. Like I remember wasting money in my first three or four years and I would just slap myself now if I did, right? Like I went to a couple of those tech conferences, go meet a venture capital, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna go here and meet this VC and pitch him and make this money right away. And I realized, nah, that's for them to make a ton of money and only like 0.01% of people attend those conferences ever come out with a deal. Mm-hmm. And so it's things like that I learned along the way where now that I feel like, you know, after six years of doing this, where, you know, even with tech stars, I thought I was like, y'all gave every other company here the same amount of money and we're still sitting around with this much money because 
I've learned how to be pinch my pennies all this long time. Mm-hmm. With, and so we're now probably gonna do a raise of anywhere from one to two million dollars, and that's gonna allow us to build a team and be able to have a runway for two years. Where then at the end of those two years we'll be making revenue, but then by that time we're also gonna have that software piece that I've been talking about, and that's where. The major money comes in. That's why I tell my investors now. Yeah, we're gonna make money off the attorneys, off of all this stuff. That's gonna be great. Those are millions of dollars. But when I get that software, OnStar was being licensed out for two billion dollars a year in the nineties. Wow. OnStar. Yeah. Repeat that again. You know, <laughs> two billion a year in the nineties. And so now you think about, and that was one company. Mm-hmm. So now I go to Mercedes, Tesla, GM, and I can be like, hey, give me two billion a piece. Mm. And you have this here. And then on the other side of the app, I can go to other countries if I wanted to. And I can say, hey, I don't want to deal with this. Hey, pay me 10 mil a year, Canada. You can run this and you make all the profit in Canada. It's yours. You know? i tell you what. The first the first spot to go to when you go across seas, brother, is Singapore. Tell me why. They have the, oh. most, million, they have the most millionaires per square mile in the whole world. And, and plus their issue with China and the policing there as well. The police <laughs> take there as well. So... Yeah, no. So yeah, so that's that's been the issue. Was um just like I said, it was, and I get it. Like I, I got frustrated at times because you know I would always be like, bam. I'd look at something like Clubhouse. I'm like, yo, they had ten thousand users and y'all gave them ten million dollars. <laughs> and then people were like, well, I'm like, fan don't they have a monetization strategy. And I was at this point, I'm sitting there with like, you're being salty. I'm like, yeah, I'm salty because I got two hundred and fifty thousand. And I'm like, how? I was like. I was like, how is it they got 10 million? But, you know, it's like, okay, let's just keep grinding and let's just keep oh, going. Yeah. And, you know, and I decided to do crowdfunding, even though I've got venture capitalists now reaching out to me. But I decided to do crowdfunding because I can now get everyday people to invest for as little as like $100. And yeah. if I'm going I'm to make it open for people to do it. If you got $100, $200 and you want some shares, cool, you can put them down. You know? And so that's so that's why I'm gonna make it where I can make it where okay everyday person can now also invest because honestly I think with what we're building and the way we're building it out and the stuff that people care about right hey we're gonna be able to raise that money and in raising that money honestly we wouldn't be here as far as what if I didn't listen to other people's opinions and take stuff they told me if it was just my stubborn head and saying this nah we wouldn't be where we at we wouldn't have had immigration we wouldn't have had domestic violence or active shooting. And immigration is probably our most like downloaded use right now. I'm and sure. so it's it's listening to other cats. And so when we get those investors come in, there's gonna be other people's ideas. And I take everything out, even the stuff that y'all said today. Like I have like an elephant memory back here. Like <laughs> it'll be something in like a year or so. Y'all will look be like, oh damn, I didn't know that brother even remember that aspect of things, you know? And so like that's the kind of stuff like that that I enjoy. And so like all our investors, I send them emails like once a month now. And hey, here so here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to do. You know, here's the news articles we had. Here's the interviews, all that stuff. So even when this is posted, I'm going to send that to them in the next, you know, list. Hey, y'all check out the podcast here. Here's where you go check it out. And um, any updates, any ideas y'all have, send them my way. Yeah. So, and Bob, we, got, we have on the screen, we have your Instagram page. If anybody wanted to get in contact with you any other way, how would they go about getting in contact with you? Um, yeah, you can email me, and it's my first name, mbye at legalequalizer.com. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter. Um, and I think Twitter, is it the same one, or is, it should be the same Gambian champion? It might be mbnjie, I think, is a Twitter. The first two letters of my first name and my last name. 
Uh, and so, like I said, M-N-J-I-E's Twitter, yeah. So um, I can, you know, or you call me Beijing Barry. That's what my Twitter handle is. <laughs> when, when, when Barack, when Barack was uh, called himself. <laughs> well, we thank you. We thank you for joining us this evening. We appreciate it. And, you know, wish you much success. Much success with the ad. We have one last question before we let you go. Can you tell us where we can go to invest? Uh, yeah, shoot me an email. Um, when we set everything up, um, I'm meeting with uh, people to put all that up next week. Um, and I'll shoot over to you guys as well. Okay. Um, and so we can have that link out so people can come in and you can know where you can invest. And um, the other good news is I'm not going to do a stupid valuation. It's not going to be no $20 million or anything like that. So you're not going to make money off the investment. I'm going to keep it logical. We're going to be around 7 or $8 million. You know, Techstars gave us going into it when we were 75,000 75, uh, downloads. They gave us a $3 million valuation. We've almost five times that download, and we're so I'm like, cool, we're gonna go six or seven million. So, pretty much, once that you know gets going, like, you know, it'll be easy for people to make you know money off that investment. Cause the whole thing for me is I'm not the type of person where if I'm like the billionaire and my people are suffering, I'm gonna be like, that ain't, that ain't me. I'd rather be the guy that brings all of us together and we can all live comfortably because I can live real good off a few hundred million dollars. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, I can be real good. I don't need a billion. I can. I don't need a billion. I can, I can do good off a, you know, <laughs> twenty-five mil. We good. <laughs> but nah, I well, appreciate thank you, y'all, thank man. you, man. We appreciate you. God bless you, man. Yeah, bless y'all. Y'all take care. There y'all have it. And bye and Yo, man, the app is dope, man. The app yeah, is dope. Fine. And to me, from a user, a user standpoint, like when I went on it, I expected. I'm like, this is gonna be something that's difficult to navigate but it wasn't at all it was very easy for me to set up very easy for me to um for me to navigate and i appreciate him bringing up the monetization model like i said to him you know i text you guys in a group chat and i'm looking at the app um, functionality but i'm also saying okay my my entrepreneur hat went on and i'm like how do you make money if there's no ads there's no cost for it you know how's he generating revenue so the fact that he was even willing to lay out what his business model is tonight and what he intends on doing with it, like that to me speaks volumes. So that tells me he has vision for the company. A big vision, man. He's seeing down the line, the whole revolution that we fought with the cars. Imagine having that in your car, you get pulled over, you gotta do a shit to button and get a value for something. Legally, you yeah. comes on, and it's your parents, it's your wife, it's your kids. You know what I'm saying? The cameras come on and, yo, son, it's a whole different world out here. Yeah, yeah. you know what's, 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 what to me, I, I kind of think that it was, uh, yeah, some irony associated with this is that um, the people who get pulled over most are usually the people who have some kind of fancy car or something. And to use the sticker as a deterrent, how many people you think will be willing to put the sticker on their BMW or yeah. you know, that just goes to show where we are. People, right? Yeah, like, do I want to put this on my 500? Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a definitely a good idea. You know what? So he brought up billions, so let's keep talking about billions. Bill and Melinda Gates divorced. <laughs> we had Jeff Bezos and what's that, McKinsey Scott, what was it, earlier this year or the end of last year, and now we got Bill and Melinda Gates divorced. Zane, what do you think about it? Man, it's, it's, it's kind of tricky, man. Uh, I will compare this to the same thing that I compared uh, to Bezos and Mackenzie Bezos last year. 
let's go back years and years and years and years ago. When Bill Gates got too big, what did the government make him do? Break down his company. Break down his company, right? So what I'm thinking is that, I don't know, it's several things that Bill Gates is uh, combating right now. And I still, to this day, think that the whole situation with, with, with Jeff Bezos, uh, the reason why he broke down that, that money and got divorced and all that, to me, I don't know. I, th- I think it was staged to me. And I think Bill Gates might be doing the same thing because they got to protect their money. And I also see that there's a crash coming soon. So I think Bill, well, I don't think, I know that Bill Gates is very hip to that. He's a economic crash coming. So what's what's the, the best thing to do? Break down that money. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I'll tell you what. Um, Big shout out to all the big time billionaires and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, man, uh, this dude gives a lot of his money and his former wife to be gives a lot of money, man, to, to a lot of different organizations and you know all across the world. Uh, you know, um, yeah, that, 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 yo, yo, Z, yo, Z gave the comprehensive breakdown. They couldn't have just fell out of love. Nah. <laughs> they, they, they've, they've been they've been out of out of shorts for a while man and, you know I, I've been digging around and I think Melinda was a little upset that he had a little relationship with Jeffrey Epstein mm. she, didn't, she didn't particularly approve of that relationship that wait 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 what <laughs> you heard it here first heard it Bill here Gates first. had a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein well you know uh, not not a Relationship relationship. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm about to say. Fake news. I see what you said. Nah, she was she was uncomfortable at the fact that the, when they both met him, I guess she was just uncomfortable about his, his demeanor and who he was, the things he had going on around. She was okay, telling yeah. and I, I guess the insider said she was telling Bill to stay away from that dude. Lo and behold. Two years later, the whole these allegations come out and with his child pornography and all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But he, they, they, they stayed together for the sake of children. They got three children. Their youngest one just graduated from a high school on their way to Stanford or something like that. So they did what I guess parents would do for the sake mm-hmm. of children. Is it is it true? I mean, I read it somewhere, but I don't know if it's true. Is it true that um, Bill Gates had some kind of arrangement where he was allowed to spend a week, a weekend, or a week, or something like that, with his ex, um, every summer. That that was he has something like that built into his relationship. Did y'all hear about this? Bill, Bill Gates is a little snot-nosed kid who got money. <laughs> and he, yo, son, he, he just he, man just wants his way to win. That's all. I, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. To be honest, yeah, I never, I never heard about that situation, about that yeah. little, you know, thing telling me about but you never know anything's possible when you worth over a hundred billion dollars somebody 130 can somebody yeah. somebody watching and if you and if you in the chat can you google that and research that like i believe bill gates has some sort, some sort of crazy arrangement like that in his relationship where that he was allowed to spend a certain amount of time with his ex you know in line with what zane is saying from a financial standpoint i did see something where they said that he transferred like two billion dollars in shares uh, Melinda Gates prior to um, announcing the divorce, so 
you know, maybe there is some some other motive, something else going on there. Um, but you know, it's very philanthropic. They going to attack him. I don't know what he's worried for. They going to attack him. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I think with like these billion dollar divorces, also like um, this be different if they if they their value combined was a hundred grand. We talking about billions and billions of dollars. So when when this is all said and done, neither one of them is gonna be hurt. And I also heard that Bill Gates went out and hired like, which is interesting. He transferred two billion dollars in shares up, but then he went out and hired like these these vicious lawyers because he had no prenup in place. And they had a, they had a prenup, but then it was a secret contract. I don't know. These people got these different lives. They living crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a, a whole nother tax bracket. Whole nother tax Hopefully bracket. one day one of us will sniff. That's it. Oh man. Yo, y'all tuning in tomorrow night for SWE versus Escape? I got it. I got SWE. Mm. I like all they got. They got tons of tons of classics from the nineties. I don't, I don't know Escape. I don't I I didn't really listen too much Escape stuff. I'm going for that. Who you got, Z? You got you got SWV Escape. SWV man, I had a big, I had a huge. Even to this day, I got a huge. Okay. Coco. <laughs> man, Coco, man. One of the baddest, man. Uh, yeah, but you know they they they. Coco, Coco the lead singer. Mm-hmm. The one that the, the the slim one, the slimmest one. With all them damn nails on her hands, bro. Yeah. See and and, and um. You know, when you compare both of their bodies of work, man, it's just like, it's just, look, now, now don't get me wrong. Escape is good, but SWV, they, they, they have too many classes. Like the one, what, what's that joint that was on? Uh, with, 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 with any, with uh, any, I think it's anything, anything. Yeah, that was, man, that was like that, uh, whatever summer that was when that came out, that was, that was like the major play right there. But they have so many other songs, man. Right here, be right here, and all that stuff. Like, come on, man. Yo, as I was thinking about this, I was saying to myself, I don't know 20, 20 good songs that Escape had. I don't, I, let me, you know what, let me change it. I don't know 20 Escape songs. Right, period. I might know 10. If I don't that. Know 10. Yeah. I don't know 10. I was trying to think, I was like, do I know 20 Escape songs? No, I don't. Do I know 10? Escape song. I'm, yeah, I'm down to probably like maybe four or five escape songs that I actually think are good songs. Like they had, um, just kicking it. They had. Oh, yeah. um, I remember. No, they had understanding. Remember they had understanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had, um, what is it? Did they have my little secret? They had love on my mind. Or love, yeah, love on my S4, and that's probably. I don't know, man. I, I was, I was warming up. I thought you were going to really do like 15. Where you going? Like you were on your romantic thing going on. Hey, I was like, all right. You're going to be going. Oh, who can I run to? Yeah, that was big, too. Who can I run to? So that maybe five songs? Yeah. Five, five. I'll tell you what. I think, I think you, I think you brought up a very valid uh, point because, like I said, I can't name that many songs from Escape. So I think a lot of that's gonna be a lot of fluff tomorrow. Like SWV is gonna come like power pack, ready to go. And Escape's probably gonna slow it down, have some little like talk and they're gonna spread it out, right? Three to four minutes after every after every song that SWV played. Yo. Yeah, I, I can't I can't name I can't name that many songs from Escape. Here's, here's, here's a plot twist though. 
is the plot twist for me. Like I, I like it. I like SWV better than I like Escape. But then I thought about. It, I was like, wait a minute. Does SWV have twenty good songs? They got. They got a good ten. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. I'm like. People about to expose their whole catalogs with these verses. Yeah. People got to go in and go find them old gems there. But yo, yeah. I go into you right here. You're the one. Uh-huh. Downtown. We, downtown. Rain. Mm-hmm. Dang. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know the somebody watching. Their biggest record probably Weak, right? I think. Yep. Yeah. Weak. Weak. Yeah, 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 they got, okay, yeah, they got, I'm looking at their, their track list, they got probably about 20. They got, they got some joints, man. And I tell y'all what, I'm, I'm sure y'all agree, that was a great era of music back then. I mean, music just in general was good, but especially that R&B music. 70s and the 90s, bro. Yeah. Damn, no love for the 80s, Rob? Nah, 80s was a, a plethora of, uh, 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 a bunch of, because, not for nothing, in the 80s, I was listening to Pat Benatar. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I'm saying Lisa Stansfield, Lisa Stansfield, late 80s, yeah. Late 80s, early 90s, Lisa Stansfield. There was there was a lot of MTV shit going on in the 80s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where music was crossing over from the kind of soulful disco. Jets. Jets. Yeah, the Jets. I mean, Huey, 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 was it um, Huey Lewis in the news and... All sorts of stuff was going on in the 80s, man. Birth what's that, what's that big song? A, E, A, E, I, O. That was 80s. 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 was 80s. That was 80s. was 80s. That 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 was 80s. Because hip hop kind of merged in with the, the R&B part, the collab with R&B, which brought some of the soul music where they gave us the birth of our Mary J. Blige, Faith, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, I, I I could get with that. I think seventies, nineties, pivotal pivotal times um, in terms of R&B. I think the eighties was good too. Eighties different. Set. Escape has some bangers. Run them down for us, then. Run them down. Give me, give me. Run them down for us. Because, I, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm the biggest Escape fan. Like I said, I could run off the ones that I knew. But, you know, at that at that point in time when Escape was big, I was regional, you know. So I'm thinking about the stuff that really resonated with me living in New York City that hit us and it was impactful. But I'm sure they probably had a couple other songs. I just don't see 20 from them, though. Okay, I'm... A- I'm gonna read some off because the, all three of us is kind of like really, really thinking about it right now. All right, we have like I think I think y'all said some of these already though. Just kicking it. Who can I run to? My little secret. Love of my mind. Uh, the arms of one who loves tonight. Hold on, hold on, slow, Zane, Zane, slow. The arms of one you love. What's that? Yeah, never yeah, heard. That came out in 1998. Nah, I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. Tonight. Uh, softest place on earth. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard that. My little secret. Feels so good. I am dreaming. Understanding. You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Keep on, keep on. Never heard of it. Memory no, lane. Keep on, keep on. Keep on. 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 Sunset Park um, soundtrack. 
The first time I seen somebody get exposed on Versus was, I think, Nelly, when Nelly was going against Ludacris. To I me, I'm like, huh? You didn't see that one? Yeah, that. Yo, Nelly's Wi-Fi was terrible, so you didn't miss much. But I'm like, as many hit records Nelly had. Was it Teddy Riley? Ne- no, it was, right, yeah, it was kind of the same. Damn. Yeah. But yo, Nelly, Nelly, and Rob, if you've seen it, you did you catch that? I'm like, damn, Nelly had a lot of hit records, but he didn't have yeah. good records. Nah, he had, and just like they said, they had to stretch that out. Luda had more joints mm-hmm. than, than Nelly did, but Nelly, but the, the ones that Nelly had were bangers. Yeah, keep on, keep keep on, keep on. With MC Light was a banger. I was, I remember that. That was on the Sunset Park soundtrack. Escape with Keith Sweat. I don't remember that. What song did they have with Keith Sweat? Oh. Yeah, that was, it's the old. Oh, it's a slow joint. They did a lot of ballads though. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you, like some of their songs I like, but I never seen them as being like great vocalists. Nah, I mean they they, they serenade well. Uh oh. Yeah, don't get me wrong, as we know who you're going for, so SWV is my group. That's it, bro. You already know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Zane, run down, run down um SWV tracklist. Give me, me a few seconds. Let me go. Let me. I'm still on the scale. Let me go back. SWV. I got it up. SWV. Anything. Right here. Uh-huh. We. Rain. When you cry, I'm so into you. You're always on my mind. Someone featuring P Diddy. Downtown. Rain. Lose my cool with Red Man. Use your heart. You're the one here for you. Love is so amazing. So. And we with Missy Elliott. Yep. Yeah. When you cry downtown. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they got, yeah. I'm going to get my Ciroc out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we let's stick with the theme of verses. Zane informed us that Chad Ochocinco <laughs> is representing Matt Barnes in a boxing match. And this is supposed to be on the Mayweather undercard? Allegedly, yeah. Wow. And right. I, and actually, I from what I read, they said that Matt Barnes, like, wanted to, like, I guess Oto Single was just saying that he wanted to be upon the card, mm-hmm. but then read something on, on several feeds yesterday or two days ago. Matt Barnes called out Oto Single, like he said he wanted. I was like, man, I think Oto Single gonna punish him though. Yeah, I don't know if Matt Barnes want that smoke. I'm about to yeah. say Matt Barnes lose. <laughs> I don't know if Matt Bones want yo. Ocho Cinco to me is like yo as an athlete. Athlete, he's underrated. Like a lot of people don't realize that dude was like a, a a soccer a soccer star. Wasn't he like um trying to try out the kick field goals like in a in, in, in NFL or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Hit your point kicker, yeah. Yeah, like that dude is like he's athletic for real, for real. And uh, and he was saying before that he's been in the gym working on boxing. So do I? I mean, I don't know what Matt Bones could do, but I like Ocho Cinco's chances in this one. Yeah. I think Matt Barnes just wants to smoke. And yeah. same as Pug. Yeah. I don't want I don't wanna um get too much into the, the sports arena because we got our sports guys, they're gonna be having the show tomorrow. But I will say this though, I think that um Floyd Mayweather showed everybody that he's still a cash king because I think Mayweather this fight, this car was supposed to be on the sixth. 
and I think Tia Fimo was supposed to be on the fifth, the Saturday before, but I believe that Tia Fimo and them moved their date because they don't want to compete with Mayweather. So, oh man, yo, we was talking hip hop, so it was crazy. We was talking about this. <laughs> we were talking about this. Was the only fight that we know Matt Barnes having is the one where he beat up Derek Fisher. <laughs> beat Derek Fisher ass. That's the only joint we know about. We gonna see. That's gonna be fun. Yo. That's gonna be. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy that. Yeah. That should be a fun, a fun fight to watch. So, for those who haven't had an opportunity, I, I encourage you going to the um, your app store, whether you have an Android or an iPhone. You know, look at the Legal Equalizer app. Um, read the reviews, download it. You know, see that it's user friendly. It may be for you. It may not be for you. On the core of it, at the core, this to me is it's a great idea for an app. Um, very, very excited about hearing him actually talk about also the element of monetizing the app. You know, for some reason we've we've we have this impression that social justice and monetization don't go hand in hand. And I think that's evident when you see the kind of criticism that people like Tamika Mallory receives or my son receive and things like that. I think people think that if you're out doing social justice deeds that you shouldn't be compensated for it. Well, if you're out and you're doing things for the world um, to change the world and improve things, you know, you still have your bills to pay. You know, people still have responsibilities that need to be taken care of. So I see no issue with somebody figuring out a way to monetize the social justice app. You know, I encourage everybody to go to the app store and look at it and check it out. What do you guys want to say in closing before we wrap for this evening? Go get that app. That app is dope. Out of trouble, and on the other thing, man, study or just study what law means to you, man, and govern yourself. I think that's most important how you govern yourself and things that you pay attention to. Um, so, outside of that, um, love y'all. Shout out to all our viewers and people who watch us every Friday, Monday, Wednesday, or whatever we're on. Appreciate your support. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll bring you some more good shows. Yeah. And then, you know what? Like, this this show goes hand in hand with the episode that we put out on Wednesday where we had the police officer. So it's good, you know, like, like I said, I feel like we, we're getting into a theme of these conversations. Guys, eh? Man, I just want to say thanks again to everybody uh, that's been with us since day one, the one that came on midway throughout, you know, journey. And just like and share. Don't forget to comment. Like when y'all when y'all when y'all watch the shows again, if y'all want to watch them more than once or whatever, when y'all go to YouTube, don't don't be afraid to comment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, give us some feedback on what type of topics that you guys wanted to talk about, or you know. But at at the end of the day, we definitely appreciate it all, whether good, bad, or indifferent, as far as for the feedback. So always just remember, live, love, and laugh. I'm out. Yo, I want to thank the viewers and I want to thank you brothers and congratulate you brothers because I did get some news today that I, wait, I wanted to wait to share with y'all. Yo, we, we crossed the 4,000 watch hour mark today. I've been waiting for that. I've been yeah. waiting for that. We need a clap. <laughs> 4,000 watch hours. So this, um, this, this, this right here has been, you know, we had our year anniversary from when we started the podcast and we were only doing it only in audio format. Um... We decided to go to YouTube last year of May 9th. And for people who don't understand like the way YouTube works, in order for you to kind of, one of the milestones that everybody wants to reach in YouTube land is they want to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. That kind of gets you on pace to begin to monetize your, um, your videos. 
and they start adding ads and things like that in your video. Just different things. It's, it's a wonderful milestone to accomplish. And for us to have met that milestone in a year to me is um, it's a testament to the grind that, that you know that we put in. And I have to say, like I never realized that four thousand watch hours or four thousand hours in general was such a long time. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, four thousand hours, you could get it. But then after a while, after looking at the um the analytics and the metrics, well, I'm like four thousand hours is a lot so you know, you know, you know so i tip my cap to um to you brothers to theo kenyatta and kareem for um you know putting the work, getting behind the camera and providing the contact the um content and the viewers that turn us on and and, and watch us that you know that like that comment that subscribe they share you know the feedback this is your baby, man. This is your idea, bro. This is your birth, man. Well, we, yo, we, we, we working it together and we hope that it continues to grow, though. You know, um, the feedback that we get on Instagram, the feedback that we get on other social media sites, you know, uh, we want to continue to keep bringing everybody great content um, and to have people tuning in, offering their support. To me, it's a, it's, it's a blessing. What's up, Troy? I see you. Troy, I'm going to be down there next week. I'm looking forward to getting up. You know, Paisol, again, much respect, Kings. Appreciate right, your... Bye. Thank everybody for tuning in this evening. We'll catch you all next week. See, see you in Knowledge Born. I see you, God. Knowledge Born, I love. What's up, bro? Yeah,